Here's your host of Sound Off, Brad Bennett. I want to come back, hour number three here, with a good story. We need some good story after all this discussion about abortion and, you know, men not having any options in the issue of abortion and all that kind of stuff. Did you know, uh, I don't know if you saw this story on Fox, uh, but Fox 9 had a great story the other day. Um, Evidently, a passerby attempted to put out a fire uh, in Duluth's West End. And I I do mean the West End. I know the West End from West Duluth. See, I know that 2406 West 4th Street, (laughs) it's West End. So the Duluth Fire Department says that a passerby... Uh, on Monday, uh, Monday morning early, saw a fire on a house located at 2406 West Superior St- or West Fourth Street. Uh, just ar- just after 8 a.m., they called 911. Evidently, one of the people had a cell phone. They called 911. Then they knocked on the door of the house to notify residents that there was a fire. Then they took shovels that they found outside that the people had used, evidently, to shovel their sidewalks. And they used the shovels to shovel snow onto the fire on the side of the house. The fire department, when they got there, said that the uh, the two people that were shoveling the snow had extinguished 90% of the fire. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Thank God for snow and shovels. Yep. Snow and shovels. Uh, well, and of course, anybody knows that snow has moisture in it. And they, I'm, I'm looking at the house. They got a picture of the house where the and the firefighters there. Yeah, that's my and neighborhood. That house, by the is way, it? is right across from what was once Lincoln School, Lincoln Elementary. Yeah, yeah. that's what I thought. It's between 25th right that and 24th. That's the block, the 2400. Did block. you see the snow drift there on that? No, house? that's my neighborhood. All, I live just it's a few blocks up from to there. the second story of the house. No, I, I, I <laughs> actually, I, I saw that there was a fire there. I didn't really read into the story or anything, and maybe I'll drive by one of these days. But uh, I'm glad yeah. nobody was hurt. Oh yeah, no firefighters arrived at the scene and put out the hot spot. Uh, with crews on the scene for under 30 minutes, the fire was limited to the exterior of the building. Now, that kind of, huh. I don't know. Do they that list the me, reason? Uh, well, the that's fire? what I'm trying to find here. It says the fire was limited to the exterior of the building, never making it inside the interior. No one was injured. Thanks to the safe and quick actions of the passerby and the call to 911, the structure has limited damage and nobody, thankfully, was injured uh, said the uh, Duluth Fire uh, Fire Assistant Chief Dan Latner about the extent. Personal safety is paramount in cases like these, so we thank these citizens not only for their expedience in calling for emergency services and to attempt to notify the building residents, but also for carefully minding their own personal safety and attempting to control the fire by shoveling snow onto it. Damage to the house is estimated at between ten to $20,000, the cause of the fire is still under investigation. Ooh. So I don't know. That kind of leads you, doesn't it, to when you think about it? Uh, how could a fire start on the outside? Yeah. Uh, if there was no, uh, you know, if it wasn't a chimney fire that yeah. got through the wall or anything like that. Makes you almost wonder if there might have been vandalism or something. Who knows? Sure, sure. Anyway. Yeah. You got a name for taps for us? 
already? I do, I do, Brad. During that uh, news break, I was on the phone. Tim from Silver Bay, his dad passed away. Oh. Yeah, Tim from Silver Bay asked us to remember his dad, Michael Sullivan, 75, of Silver Bay. He was a Vietnam veteran, Brad. He was a Marine. He served in Vietnam Ooh. 1967 to 69. Well, he was there part of the time that I was there. We were both there in 67. I was gone by 69. But he, uh, he, he was from the Chicago area originally. Michael Sullivan moved to Silver Bay. He was a police officer in Chicago. He was also a deputy in Cass County, Minnesota. Uh, but he moved to Silver Bay, and he passed away on January 19th. Uh, I asked him, I said, uh, what, what was your dad like? He said, well, he was cheerful and a happy guy. And I just got to think, and I good. thought, yeah, what a great, uh, you know, uh, memory of your dad, especially somebody who was in Vietnam, uh, was a police officer, probably saw a lot of terrible things as yeah. a police officer, but he was a cheerful, yeah. happy guy. Michael Sullivan, 75 of Silver Bay, will remember at TAPS this Friday. Well, this will, uh, we will definitely pay tribute to his dad on Friday for that. You'll have, you know, of course, you're going to be here all alone on Friday. I'm going to be hunting the great elusive fish of southern Florida. You know, I'm, um, I'm glad you brought that up because I was looking yesterday. I actually wanted to uh, bring this up. Uh, but I never got to it because we were so busy talking about pies. Do you know the state fish of Florida? Uh, and I'll say this. They I'm going to say tarpon. Uh, okay, uh, well. I'd be wrong. They, they have two. <laughs> they have two. Oh. And the okay. tarpon is uh, not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see here. Boy, I had this list up yesterday, and I'm trying to get to it here. Uh, the, the, Is one of them a red fish of some kind? Red something? Uh, uh, why? Did, why am I not seeing it here? Um, let me. Uh, I'll get to it here. I'll find it. But uh, here it is. Okay. Uh, one is the, and this is what it's mentioned. It says the Florida largemouth bass. Okay, that's their wow. freshwater. Their freshwater okay. state fish is the Florida largemouth bass, and I think that's a subspecies of a largemouth. I'm not sure, but no. the saltwater is an Atlantic sailfish. Atlantic sailfish. So try to catch one of them, Brad. I don't think I'm going to be able to catch a sailfish. I'm Why? Well, and, and the bass, I won't because we're going to be on salt water, so the largemouth bass won't be there either. But right. We're going to be going after red well, snappers, oh, uh, no. flounder. Here's what, no, here's what you do. The Atlantic sailfish hunt schooling fish. And some of the Ooh. fish they hunt, and here's what you want for your bait. Sardines, anchovies, or mackerel. So just put one of them on that big hook, toss it in there, get a sailfish. Well, what bread. about uh, what about uh, <laughs> uh, not what? What am I thinking of? Um, the the thing with long tentacles, with a lot of tentacles, not the not the big deep. Uh, an ones, octopus. But, yeah. Well, what's the other one other than an octopus that has like that as well? A squid. Squid. Squid is squid is good bait. They use we, oh, when I've been fishing before. When I was fishing before, my neighbor uh, took me out with, and he had gotten fry or um, frozen yeah. squid, yeah. and it was cut up into little pieces, and they put it on. Well, use that. Whatever you like use, great. 
Tell your guide you want to catch a sailfish so you can tell your radio listeners uh, that you caught one. I'm looking at a picture here of Ernest Hemingway in Key West alongside a sailfish, and it's taller than him. The length of a sailfish is uh, around 10 feet. And the weight, the the maximum published weight of a sailfish is 128 pounds. Well, that's what I want to catch. I want to catch a a record fish or something. Come on, Brad. Big record fish. Go for it. Because, especially because I want to be be able to go to my friend, Bob, from way out in the far west side of town. Oh, yeah. Because... Because he, see, him and I have been fishing before one time, and he, and he, I caught a little bitty walleye. It was, uh, you know, maybe was that the four picture inches that, longer. Is that the little the picture yes. I've seen? Oh, yeah. That yes. whopper. And he puts that <laughs> everywhere. He puts that, oh, Brad's been fishing again. Here's his catch. I, I so think, I want to be able yeah. to put a fish, a real fish, yeah. on that. Well, <laughs> yes, you need to do that because honestly, that picture and that fish, I've seen smelt bigger than that fish. <laughs> Actually, I have to. Oh, man. Well, let me see. What was I going to tell you? Oh, uh, so anyway, that was kind of a neat story, don't you think, about the guys? But it does lead you to wonder a little bit about how the fire got started on the outside of a house. In uh, the friendly West End? uh, In the friendly West End, yes. Yeah, it does. It does. Anyway, oh, got another story out uh, out of Minnesota. And, you know, what have we heard Kenny, we we have heard about the uh, feeding our future fraud. What was that? Three hundred and fifty million dollars. Oh, think? that's out of the news. That's old news now, Brad. Uh, yeah, that's old news. Yeah, yeah that's gov- old news. Yeah, Governor and, Walls and then, won re-election. Uh, uh, our uh, Attorney General, that, yeah. uh, he's back oh, in the yeah, saddle, and yeah. Yeah, that's old news. Yeah, and they're saying, "What do you mean fraud? We <laughs> nobody cares about that. They re-elected all of us." Well, when I come back after this first break here, I want to tell you about the latest fraud. There's another one in the state of Minnesota. Is nobody watching the store in Minnesota? What's going on here? We'll uh, we'll talk about this when we come back after our first break. Um, but we'll be back shortly. KDAL time, 123. I've got 28 degrees at the Army Corps of Engineers adjacent to the area lift bridge in Canal Park. And Brad, on the phone, we have Russ Francisco from Marine General. Well, Russ, I was just talking to our listeners about the fact that Friday I'm not going to be here for the show because I am going out. Uh, I, I have a Marine friend that I served with, uh, and he lives up in Jacksonville, and he has said, uh, Brad, you got to come up here and go fishing with me. They go out in uh, what they call the reeds area, which is not out in the ocean, but it's in the river entrees into the ocean. And uh, evidently, he's he's guaranteeing me that I'm going to catch some big, big fish. Yeah, I think so. That's fun. Brackish water. That's, uh, that's fun. Yes. <laughs> fun water to fish. Buy lots of weeds. Well, I'm looking, like I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, uh, it's been a while, so yeah. Now, you've been out fishing down here, haven't you? Oh, yeah. I've fished in Florida several times. I have a, a really good friend who I ship uh, baits to like once a month uh, and, uh, and and Dr. Juice and Berkeley, Berkeley uh, uh, Juice and things like that. Uh, and he fishes crappies. He's in Ocala, and he fishes uh, big crappies. That's his big thing. And down there, they, oh. you can fish with, with lots of rods, right? He's got all these spider rigs. So he goes on the bo- go down the lake looking like a big spider with all these rods sticking out. And, and they, uh, they fish lots of crappies there. And I fish the brackish waters. Um, I fished uh, north out of uh, 
Um, oh God, uh, out of Panama City, that area there. It's, 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 oh, it's, sure. Lots sure. of things to fish there. People don't realize. People that don't live in Florida, you have never been there, don't realize how many inland lakes there are in Florida. Um, oh my and God! They have properties and bass and <laughs> yeah. stuff. It's incredible because all you ever hear about is the is the ocean and the Gulf. But uh, there's a tremendous amount of lakes in the middle of that state, and it's it's a lot of fun to fish. Good time. Lake Monroe. They even have stripers in Lake Monroe, so it's quite a quite a quite a place. Well, we're going out on a charter boat, and uh, I've uh, told our listeners, I'm going out for the record Florida sailfish. Oh, boy, that'll be a good time. Because I've caught I've got two sailfish in my life, both in Mexico. But uh, that that's a bit of a that's a rush when those fish take off. You got to just hang on. Oh yeah. Well, I I, I'm curious, imagine. Russ. What t- type of bait are you using for that? Uh, they they run down in most places. They run uh, squid type baits, uh, so they look like See? squid sure, but See? much bigger. And they'll, a lot of times they'll run one one uh, uh, piece of bait, uh, meat bait, out in front. And what they do is they watch when you, when you see that nose come out of the water, uh, the the actual sword. Uh, then they crank the real bait in and try and get them to hit on on the uh, on the uh, uh, squid. This is pretty, squid, it's pretty yeah. neat how they do that. Yep, pretty neat. Yeah, that's what we fished last time. I went a year or so ago with a friend here, and and that's what we had. We had frozen squid cut up into chunks, and yep. man, uh, they, they were just going crazy for it. Yep, it's a it's a good time. Like I say, when they hit, you just hang on. They'll tear your arms right off, you know. So it's a you know you set the hook and just hang on. That's all you can do. Good time. Yeah, Luna, I'm looking for a lot of fun. So uh, what what's happening at Marine General right now? A lot of people oh, okay. coming in to buy and the specials. I mean the clothing and stuff that you are discounting and good stuff. I mean Carhartt and lots of great things. It must be uh, must be crazy time there, huh? Yeah, so we, we you know, we've, uh, on the 16th, we, we open up the Duluth show, right? We're not that far away. We need to make some room with the spring stuff's coming in. And so we made the decision. Sunday, I was down in Minneapolis at the show, and Saturday night, I called home and I said, Sunday, sometime, hit the airwaves and let's sell all the remaining boots, hats, gloves, mitts, and all the suits at half price. Let's get them out of here because we need the room to put up spring stuff, life jackets, and wow. things like that. So they did that, and uh, it worked. It was uh, uh, people have been coming from everywhere, and, and they've been calling, and and so we're going to clean this place out. And so it's uh, we're going to do that for the next week or so. Whatever's left, we'll go down to the deck on the upper floor in the Deer Classic, and we'll continue to do it there, and then we'll put it away, and then uh, and then we'll convert the whole store to spring. And that's uh, that's that's our plan of attack. So they're already putting up summer reels and back, and and some rods and things like that because you know it's just you know. It's sort of snuck up on us. It was sort of a goofy winter, and it's been so nice in January, it seems like it's December, but it's not. It's, we're yeah. about the end of January, and we have to get ready to go, and we do this every year anyway, but it just snuck up on us. I said, let's do it. Let's get her done, and, and uh, so that's what we're doing. So if you want a good quality suit from Striker, Strike Master, Eskimo, Clam, they're all half price, and and uh, and uh, and so it's a, it's a really good deal, and even if you don't get out this year, uh, they don't get old, but I mean, with this cold temperatures coming down, that's the next, it. we got uh, seven days of below zero and excuse me seven several of those days uh we won't even have uh high above zero so uh we should get we should get at least if we don't get much ice we'll get a, a real good crust on top of the stuff so people can walk on it maybe snowmobile and four wheels so i think ice fishing will actually pick up with the amount of people going here after this cold snap we'll see what happens sure sure well there you heard it folks right there from the guy that knows the inventory and knows the kind of inventory they're going to be moving Marine General will soon be pulling all the winter stuff out of the way, getting everything for summer in there. So in the meantime, you've got some unbelievable specials. Best thing for you to do is get in your vehicle, head out to 15th Avenue East and London Road, Upper Side, Marine General. But if you can't, 
Simply go to the website, marinegeneral.com, order it, they'll ship it right to your door. Call them on the 800 number, their dime, 1-800-777-8557, Marine General Supply, one of the finest outfitters anywhere in the world, but especially for us up here in the Northland, you can't go wrong at Marine General. Well, Kenny, um, so I'm so I'm talking about this this latest fraud now. So we've had we've had the three hundred and fifty million dollar feeding our future where we weren't feeding anybody. A lot of Somalis uh, uh, pretending and making up names for people that they were feeding. They weren't feeding anybody. Then before that, we had the Somali daycare fraud, where they were providing. Uh, uh, daycare for children. They were walking them in the front door, filming them, which was all part of the process to make sure you were there was no fraud going on. So uh, a father would bring his two kids in. You'd get filmed as you're coming in the front door, but they wouldn't film you immediately going through the building and coming out the back door and getting right back into mom and dad's car. And then they would split the amount of money that they were taking in that day. They maybe would charge for seven hours of uh, daycare where they had no daycare and uh, the parents were getting half back and the business was getting the other half. Well, now we got a new one as of this morning. Uh, An organization called Bridges is accused of Medicare fraud. The warrants that have been put out for arrests and people, the warrants say the provider for disabled people have been billed state, have billed the state of Minnesota $4 million in bonus, bogus, claims. $4 million in bogus claims. Now, that's nothing compared to feeding our future or some of those. But, you know, you would think that in the state of Minnesota, sooner or later, people would realize, man, they're going to be watching everything. State investigators searched the offices of a troubled organization that serves Minnesotans with disability after finding evidence that it had built the state's publicly funded health insurance program by more than $4 million. Search warrant application alleges that Bridges, Minnesota, which at one point had about 400 clients and 90 group homes statewide, violated state and federal law by billing the state Medicaid program for services designed to help people live in their own homes when, in fact, the services were provided by entities owned or operated by Bridges, Minnesota, or its affiliates. In other words, the provider was billed for services that were not provided, often because the client was at a hospital or other facility. The search warrant applicant alleges that no one has been charged in the case, and the lawyer for Bridges, Minnesota, has denied the allegations, but the organization has been the subject of regulatory sanctions after state inspectors documented serious violations of parent of patient safety and care standards. So we'll get into this a little bit more when we come back after the CBS News break, but uh, we've got to do our CBS News and then we'll come back. KDAL time is 135, 29 degrees out on the island of uh, Bayfield, LaPointe. Uh, what is it out there? It's the big island. And uh, we've got, uh, oh, Madeline Island. Uh, and Iron Range, 25 degrees currently, and 28 degrees at Duluth Sky Harbor Airport. And Brad, on the phone, we do have NASCAR Nicole. Well, Kenny, do you know where NASCAR Nicole's attorney is, uh, Chris Dahlberg? Do you know where he was yesterday? Yes, Key West, Florida. 
Key West, Florida. <laughs> the dog is down there in uh, he's down there in heaven. I mean that that place is uh, is just something else, and they're down there having a great time. They were uh, doing a lot of uh, shopping and going to different restaurants and stuff. Uh, Nicole, I hope you told uh, Chris that he has to bring you back something nice from down there. No, I did tell him though that he has to bring me back some warm weather and sunshine. Yeah, I did ask for sunshine. Yeah, bring you back a pocket full of it, probably. Well, no, it was really funny. I got to tell you the story since we brought that up. When I went to the Daytona 500, um, yeah, back when I was working at a different law firm, all of them asked for you know bring me back some sunshine or warm weather. Well, I actually sure. was in, this was in February, and so I went and I, there was actually a gift shop that sold canned sunshine. It was just a metal can and it said canned sunshine. And they were like, like three bucks a can or something. So I bought one for everybody, and I gave, put them on their desk, and they got the biggest kick out of that. It was <laughs> so they actually do sell That's sunshine cool. in a can. Yeah, and they did in Daytona anyway. Yeah. But that was the funniest thing. Anyway, so I'll probably oh, end up with man. something like that. Anyway, no. <laughs> well, they looked oh, like they were having yeah. a great time. Oh yeah, Chris I think they went to the aquarium. Friend. I think they went to the aquarium, yeah. and they went to yeah other things so it's pretty cool anyway while he's out having fun in the sun i'm here holding we're here holding down the fort here and we're still making appointments to you know fill up his calendar for when he returns now the first week when when he gets back in the first week of february it's gonna it's pretty full already because we had filled that up prior to him leaving but we still have plenty of openings mid-february to the end of you know to the end of february to get everything started here to call to get your estate planning going all it takes is a simple phone call five-minute phone yeah. call to 218-722-5809. I can get you the initial information regarding the, how the process works and how, you know, how, what we ask for, which is not very much. As you know, we've talked about that before. We don't ask for yes. a whole stack of information. We ask for maybe like one or two pieces to start out with. Um, and then if we need something else down the road, we'll just get it then. So, again, licensed in Minnesota and Wisconsin for the estate planning, 218-722-5809. Thank you, Nicole. Appreciate yeah. it very much. Cam sunshine. I've never thought of that, Kenny. I could bring you some canned sunshine from Florida. Yeah, you can kick that can down the road. I'm waiting for the real stuff. So, yeah. again, yeah. last night, city council meeting, uh, the uh, consent agenda passed 801. Missing in action so, was uh, Councillor Tominick. I don't know what her status was, but she was not there, oh. so... It did pass, and in that is the uh, again this new tax, this one and a half one or one half of one percent for the uh, food and beverage tax, and then and also this is kind of an attempt, isn't it, for the city to circumvent the taxpayer because the taxpayer said, "No, we don't want that. We're not, we don't want uh, to approve a parks tax." Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean that's how it looks to me. But this is uh, for funding up to thirty six million. This is another. Uh, is it thirty years on this tax? Maybe twenty years. I don't be. remember. Um, but also, in this agenda was the Cross City Trail section. They received uh, some funding uh, to uh, get some property and and continue this Cross City Trail, mainly in it, well out in the western portion in, in the Irving neighborhood. I do believe. I think that is to uh, complete the section, the uh, link from basically Irving Park to what is what was the Western Waterfront Trail. I know they renamed it, but I think that's what that is. So that's quite a section there that's going to go in there. Also, Brad, uh, $35,000 going to the train for legislative efforts. 
This is for the uh, uh, not the NLX not Bullock train, not fast. Yeah, no Northern Lights. Yeah, this yeah. is the Ken Bueller train. Well, yeah. we affectionately say that. So but, uh, we're still putting money into that thing, and uh, thirty-five thousand dollars, Brad, to be used for legislative efforts in St. Paul. Yeah, in other words, grease the skids. Now, what was the problem uh, with with the uh, police drone policy? Were city were, were were residents really concerned that there would be peeking in their back window or something? Or well, I think there's the that concern. concern. I, I think you know to some degree, I, I and that's that's fair to think that and ask that. But again, this was a committee of the whole, so they were just basically speaking oh, to the okay. council. This wasn't okay. something, but there were some people during time for citizens to be heard. And I believe there was a speaker or two that, that made some reference to it. But, you know, they made their uh, pitch, if you will, on uh, a variety of things regarding this drones. And, you know, this was like a half hour long segment that they had. And not a single counselor said anything to these uh, police officers that were there giving this presentation. Thank you for your service. Thank you for what you do in our community. But when the committee yeah. of the whole for the CDBG uh, ESG funding oh, got yeah. up, oh, thank you for your service. Thank you oh, for your boy. commitment. Oh, we love you people. But the police, man, see you later. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the way I understand it in Duluth paper is that the counselors took no action because there's none needed. No approval is required for the new police policy to go into effect. On the drones? Yeah. Yeah. That's what it says. Again, this I mean, was, you know, yeah, again, this was, you know, just a, a committee of the whole. Where kind they, of information. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So uh, next co- a meeting is coming up in a couple of weeks, and uh, we'll see what they got on the docket then. But real quickly, Brad, I wanted to mention something to you. Yesterday, we mentioned a couple of uh, national days, of course, National Pie Day and National yes. Handwriting Day. Today is Change a Pet's Life Day. Huh. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Well, you know, a pet, maybe you, there's pets that are animal allies. Make a change in that pet's oh, life today. Yeah, yeah there you yeah. go. Uh, it's Mac- Adopt them, give them a life. Yes. Yeah. Macintosh Computer Day. I never had a Macintosh computer. Macintosh? I, is Ma- is that what they refer to as Apple? Well, Macintosh? yeah, but those were those early ones back in the early oh, 80s, yeah, mid-80s. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Big boxed ones. Yeah. Today is also Compliment Day. I haven't heard you give me a single compliment. I can't believe it. Well, I just think you're doing a fantastic job, Kenny, oh, thank and I want to compliment you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Yes, and you too, Brad. No, you were doing this... a fantastic job. Um, also, Thank Brad, you. it's Beer Can Appreciation Day. Not beer, appre- beer can. <laughs> Just beer can appreciation. <laughs> I got to tell you, about 45 well, can... years ago, I had a very impressive beer can collection and it just saddens me to think I, I ended up throwing them in the garbage. Oh, yeah. I was young, yeah. but I, I have some photographs, actually, of my beer can collection. And they, there was hundreds of them. And then the final one, probably the best one today, January 24th, National Peanut Butter Day. Ooh, love peanut butter. Got to have it every morning. Got to oh, have it on my toast. Got to ask you. Got to ask you. Crunchy or creamy? Creamy. I used to be crunchy. Yeah. But I found out it affected my little tummy too much. <laughs> well, it didn't do that to me. I just prefer the creamy. Now, I got to ask you, Brad, when you got yeah. the toast and you're going to put yes. peanut butter on it, do you put butter yes. on first and then peanut oh, butter? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Slather oh, the butter on yes. first. Oh, you and I could be friends <laughs> at the breakfast table all day long. Now, let me ask you, 
See, I, I always have sourdough toast because sourdough isn't quite as uh, yeah. harsh on the stomach as well. So I have sourdough toast mm-hmm. lathered in butter, then peanut butter, yes. and then then usually cherry jelly. Oh, okay. I yes. like cherry, although I do like apricot as well. So Really? You're an apricot? Those. Yeah. Mar- are you, the an, or- are you an orange marmalade guy? Yes. Oh, yes, I am. Geez, you're one oh, of those people. Yeah. I go to Perkins. I'm like, who eats this junk? Hey, come on! That's good stuff. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe I'll give it a try. Let sometime. me tell you, I can do you. I can do you one better than beer can day, though. I can give you this from Morning Take from the Minnesota. You know, all things political. Do you know that right now, Linen Kugels is releasing its seasonal summer shanty beer in January. Oh no, I did not. Well, and they say that the reason for it is because. Summer is a state of mind. Oh, you will drink <laughs> the summer shanty and think it's summertime. And think it's summer, I guess. I don't know. You know. <laughs> well, as long as uh, I got you here and I got your ear and your listeners as well, real quickly, I did get a, uh email from Pete Wood last night. Oh, yeah, me too. you got to tell people who... He's having the whole uh, International Harvester. <laughs> this is huge. No, and, you know, I asked him a couple big. of months ago, I said, what do you got in the future? You got anything that's going to, you know, come out of the chute and really be a, you know, a showstopper? He said, I do. He said, but I'm not going to say anything. And he got it nailed down. He's got it done. So they're all lined up. International Trucks' top management team are going to be on the show. And they're going to be talking about uh, the innovative semis of the future. Uh, they're going to be calling in from Illinois and the Chicago area. Uh, this is Navistar. It's the parent of International Trucks and is uh, part of Trayton number 2 truck manufacturer in the world. Yeah. And then he listed the people that are be here. He said, this is not a dealership. This is their world oh, no. headquarters. He goes on right. to say, Pete Wood, this is a rare opportunity, and I'm very honored to have them all come on. See you Wednesday. I'm going to have to ask him how he pulled this off because he's absolutely right. This is not an easy-to-do deal to get that many top corporate people uh, all at once into uh, into talking about stuff like this. And it, I can feel Davey out there, you know, our caller, Davey. He's no. already quaking. He's shaking right now. Because he loves trucks. You know, yeah. he was a truck driver for a long time. So I'm sure he's shaking right now thinking, oh, my God, they're going to have trucks and talk about trucks. Yeah. I'm hoping, and I, I will ask the question, of course, is are we, are, are we going to see the day that, uh, that we're going to have 18-wheelers run on battery power? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And is the truck driver of the future going to be autonomous? I wonder. Yeah. Are are they going to be real or are they going to be just a a box that we will send information to and they'll be driving down the road? You know, quite frankly, I don't want to see some 18-wheeler rolling up on my backside with nobody driving. No. And will the uh, autonomous truck driver of the future be uh, on the CB radio? Yeah. Yeah. So one of the people of the four people that are going to be on from International Harvester tomorrow is uh, uh, one of them is the uh, powertrain. He's the vice president of the powertrain and advanced engineering department. See, that will be interesting because that's where we can get into the discussion is will there be an opportunity for a battery powered? uh, Can you do that with a powertrain to haul 
big loads of freight and stuff, or I just don't know how that's going to work. But uh, we'll find out tomorrow. You know, if the autonomous real cool. Yeah, this is huge, and that's what tomorrow. uh, What we noon to one on let the sawdust lie. I kind of lose track of the time on that. Uh, Yeah, that's tomorrow. My goodness, really? Just seems like a couple weeks ago we had them here. I know. Jeez. Well, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. tomorrow is the 25th already. Wow, last Wednesday of the month. Wow. Well, listen, we better take our Minnesota news break. I do want to get into this um, this thing about fighting crime, especially in uh, buses and, you know, things like that. The blue line, the green line, that kind of stuff. There was another letter to the editor today that was really good, and I want to discuss that a little bit when we come back. KDAL. KDAL time, one fifty-three. the music of Wishbone Ash, that great bass playing by uh, Martin Turner. Oh, yeah, Oof. nice bass, very nice. Well, now here's here's the thing. Uh, this guy that wrote this letter this morning, Nick Magino, he said, he said the following, Kenny, and I understand this down in the big city, uh, you know, there's probably very a lot of people like this. He said, I do not own a car. I have never owned a car. I don't want to own a car. I want to take the train and ride the bus. I arranged my entire adult life around living in the most urban neighborhood in Minneapolis. I devoted many hundreds of unpaid hours over the past decade to advocating for the investing in and improving the transit city in the Twin Cities. And I feel like a fool. And I thought, whoa. Whoa feels like a fool. The situation on the trains, particularly the blue line, but the green line as well, is completely unacceptable. The report recently of a 50% or better increase in crime on transit is no way captures the current state of the system. Conditions are far, far worse than they were five or 10 years ago. Hardcore drug use is common. The seats are sticky with spilled alcohol. The floors are strewn with fast food containers um, and and stolen mail. Stung, uh, strung out riders lay on the floor who currently aren't harming anybody, but uh, they get kicked in the face by other strung out riders. People blast music and spit on the floor and scream at each other. Recently, for the first time in years, I saw Metro Transit police on a blue line train who politely asked people openly doing drugs and drinking in the middle of the day to get off the train. I'm pretty confident that after getting off, they probably got right back on the next train. The people who have overseen this decline and now collapse should be ashamed of themselves. And he was pretty specific about this. He said, look... Uh, you could have meeting after meeting. People will tell you, well, we've got to have a 40-point uh, meeting to come up with a new plan. He said, no, you don't. You don't need a 40-point plan. All you need is a one-point plan. We need people who are brazenly breaking the law should be arrested. 
Years ago, before the pandemic, under pressure from activists, we stopped enforcing basic rules on public transit. We stopped ticketing fare evaders. We, stopped to- we, st- we started tolerating cigarette smoking on the trains. Once the pandemic began, we figured we may as well allow the end of the cars to become opium dens. Some feel pretty good about, about this more enlightened approach. Others are being shot and killed in broad daylight at train stations. Does anyone in a position to do anything about this care? Anyone at all? We've just, we're just going to make more PowerPoints, aren't we? I feel like I'm losing my mind. Signed, Nick Mangerino, who lives in Minneapolis. And he's absolutely right. That's the way to control uh, crime and, and problems on the train is stop allowing it. Arrest people. Haul them in. You start doing that for a little bit, and you know what? All of a sudden, it'll stop. Well, folks, we'll be back tomorrow. And don't forget, let all your driver friends, all your truck driving friends know Pete Woods is going to have an incredible show in the second hour tomorrow with the top people from International Truck. <laughs>